Let's run D&D. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Welcome to Let's Run D&D, where we talk D&D, TDRPGs, and how to run them. I'm your host, Vlad, aka your favorite. Hi and welcome to the first ever episode of Let's Run D&D. Tonight, my guest is my best friend, amazing woman, my partner, my wife, self-published author, New York-owned Jade Brown. Hi, Jade. Hi, and I'm really <laughs> happy to be the guest tonight. Look, it's you know, you know, we live together, and it's easy to accomplish having a guest on your podcast who lives with you. Yeah, and also trying to navigate through the many difficulties that is technology. <laughs> uh, look, you know, uh, the as we say in Ukraine, is uh, the first uh, first crap is always the one that comes out the somehow <laughs> not perfect. So you know, we all need to learn on our own mistakes and uh, move on. And be better. But it's a great start. Um, tell me a bit about yourself, and uh, maybe tell to tell me how how did you got into D and D, and you know, just maybe one, two, three things. What you like about it, and um, then we will we'll move on with uh, some more next questions that I have for you. Yeah, so to start off, I am a published an author um and i have been writing ever since i was a child um i also studied creative writing when i was in university so it's something that i'm pretty passionate about um originally i think i got into kind of the fantasy world when i started off as um playing hearthstone and a friend of mine introduced me to hearthstone um when I was around 18, and that's when I, I started playing um, and it kind of like introduced me to WoW. Um, I never really got super into WoW, but um, still within the same kind of realm. Um, and I guess meeting you is when I really started getting into D&D, which is funny because you never told me that you played D&D until you saw me playing Hearthstone, which I think might have given you kind of the, not the gumption, but the gumption to like <laughs> come up to me and like tell me that you are, you know, that this was something you were really interested in and you wanted to share it with me. And yeah, I've been playing D&D for almost a year now. I'm still um, on my first like ever campaign and one shots. I'm about to be a part of my second campaign. Um, and I'm just really excited to be part of this world. That's amazing. You know, it's, it's interesting how like you're saying like, because I believe a lot like from my understanding, a lot of the D and D nerds, uh, like we're all like a big fan of like you know like my mom read read a uh, Hobbit to me when I was young. Like I, I 
you know, I'm ashamed that I never got actually a reading Lord of the Rings. Uh, but it's like, you know, like I watched the movies and, you know, like I was in all that like kind of soup of fantasy. And it's interesting that it's like the, 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 the intro for you was the Hearthstone. And it's like, you know, it's like because it's like I would play uh, even before the World of Warcraft, like I was a big Warcraft fan. Like, you know, like I, I probably like played through Warcraft 3 and all the extra edition of it like like a maniac so it's, it's interesting that it's still it's the Hearthstone is part of the world also got introduced to the fantasy through it so it's like what a what a unending well of uh, influence on young generations those type of games are yeah definitely i think um it's interesting the lord of the rings because i think it's a lot of um a lot of people's gateway into like fantasy and lore um so yeah i i know a couple people who got into uh D through like lord of the rings and um fantasy um pernelia such as that so paraphernalia such as that <laughs> but uh <laughs> um yeah it's it's um a gradual thing i think paraphernalia sounds like a second level spell to me um <laughs> uh but um the interesting thing that like actually one of the topics that i w- do want to touch on today is the big and mighty big trailer that everyone probably lost their um was their stuff about it's the new D movie and then i personally remember you probably you should not watch the movie i will be talking about right now but there was an original quote-unquote like that D movie like i think it's like beginning 2000 or like something like that but that was a D movie i think there was like jeremy irons was in it and it was like there was that it was a weird movie. It was a really weird movie. But I actually, as a kid, I loved it. I don't know what was that so so interesting to me. But I think actually I watched it like two or three times. But it's like I, I gotta show I, I gotta show you that at least a trailer of it. And it's cheesy. It's bad. It's over the top. The graphics are, ugh. But we just. I just showed you the um, the new upcoming one, the new D&D movie, and, you know, we would be fools not to touch upon it on this little podcast of ours, especially to launch our first episode. We're going to talk about D&D, the new D&D movie trailer. So what do you think and which parts of it, like, really um to you and, like, which are which parts of that trailer are, like, grab your attention the most yeah so i think first and foremost um like chris pine probably (laughs) (laughs) um you know i think i was i don't really i'm not too familiar with chris pine's body of work but um yeah i think he's a very like you know he's like an actor who's easy, who can really like, um, kind of mold these different characters, but also 
easily play the same kind of character, if that makes any sense. Um, it's like a chameleon. It's definitely a chameleon, and I, the the movie in itself looks like something that I would want to watch. Um, you know, and I know that I'm not a huge movie buff, um, like a fantasy movie buff. Um, so, like, getting into that world is is uh, difficult for me. But if you put a good action scene, a fight scene in front of me, then it's it's not going to be hard for me to feel like okay, this is something I can definitely get into. But I would. I would watch the movie. Um, second, you like, all right. So, which movie theater are we going to <laughs> to see this? <laughs> yeah. Any, any. I know that technically speaking, like me and you are. Uh, I'm DMing the campaign, which you're part of. The one that, like, the longer one, and then I, I will be DMing for you to your second campaign. And uh, I was lucky enough to play with you as uh, as a player and me as a player in like a one one two whatever whatever we call those one shots that actually last for two three sessions. Um, and um, also was lucky enough to witness your one of the first games you played like completely as as just listening on the side, which was still in my head. Um, but, um, my question is like, even though you're not that long in this D&D, uh, soup, I'm just saying that, um, but any of the moments in a trailer that you're like, oh, I kind of recognize it because like, you know, I recognize a bunch of stuff and like, I just want to put on the record for everyone there. I think the mage in the red didn't miss a step. I think it's a, it's a cloak of mountebank that's just my five cents that i'm gonna put in here uh but for you is anything um you're not that versed in the iconography of DD, but like anything that stood out that you were like oh that's that's kind of what like oh i remember this from the game or something like this it's anything jumped jumped at you yeah, I think that one thing that's so special about D&D is how diverse, like, each group is, each party is, each member is. And that's something that you can quickly, like, it's something you can quickly um, distinguish um, between, like, D&D and fantasy from other kinds of, of movies that, you know, have, like, a group. So that was the first thing that I recognized when i saw the when i saw the trailer was okay especially as a new user um a new player um <laughs> it's like okay i see the druid here i see the bard i see you know the the barbarian it's mm-hmm. like it becomes easier for you to recognize these things and you know you and i know that i'm like really into anime so even when we watch anime together, I'm kind of like, you know, oh, I see the parallels between anime and D&D. And I see how um, one thing plays off of the other or more so anime takes a lot of um, a lot of uh, 
just kind of those tropes that D and D has and puts it into anime, um, and it's become easier for me to recognize that. So I guess that would be my answer: is that you can definitely. It's easy to see those, like to see the camaraderie that D and D has, and um, yeah, the the group kind of aspect. I mean that this is this your answer definitely fits with the t- like with the way you play. I would say because it's like you uh, you know um, can you uh, actually can you talk a little bit about uh, the character in the, uh, our main campaign of yours and actually think. Be. Uh, and then we can talk about other uh, players we also have in there and it's like I think best describe like the 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 thing that you were talking about right now yeah of course um so my character her name is Jofina Mira um she is a feisty monk um who her subclass is way of the long death um and then as far as my, my um, campaign members, you know, we have Peppington Epton Fry, who is a goblin barbarian. Um, we have Mush, who is um, a rogue, but he's also a frog who is poisonous. <laughs> uh, <a> we... <laughs> We have Garen, who is like this very stoic druid. Um, and, you know, I mean, I there's a couple of members that I can just keep going. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think that, like, it definitely, when we're working together, when we're solving things together, like all of us, our characters are so different from each other that it's easier for us to like solve things or figure things out because we're working with each other and we're trying to like come up with a solution together as opposed to someone being like, well, my character is quote unquote the leader. So I'm going to like, you know, guide this group, which is funny because we also talked about who in our party is the leader. But I think we all uh, play a part in like help helping to guide the story and push the story to you know to interesting interesting points. I see. Okay. Um, you know, I would be a fool not to use my my uh, this 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 the name of the podcast itself and not to make a question out of it. But um, I come up to you and I say, let's run D&D. What is the first thing you are doing? So if we're doing let's run D&D and I'm like, okay, then I'm probably going to go into Jofina mode. So, <laughs> so Jofina is very different from me. Like I mentioned, she is feisty. She is... Um, I guess awkwardly anxious, but she doesn't let that show too much. Um, her voice is kind of unenthused. So <laughs> she's, you know, like, hey, hi, what's up? What do you want? Let's do this. 
<laughs> like, mm-hmm. like that's her, you know? So I think when you say that, I'm like, all right, time to bust out Jofina. No more happy Jade. <laughs> um, also, you mentioned that we're going to be starting another campaign soon. Um, what is the exciting part about the whatever you, you think you, you want to tell for now? without like you know revealing too much uh is exciting to you um about your new character you and how does you, how, how do you think um would 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 your new character and Josefina have nice time spending their time in one room or something you know like kind of like how different are they what are you what are you excited to explore with a new character and kind of like that stuff. Yeah, so I don't know if my new character, um, her name is Hewen. I don't know if Hewen and Jofina would be friends at all. Um, I don't even know if they would um, want to be in the same kind of vicinity. But um <laughs> Like, I think with Hewen, I wanted to create a character who was so different from Jofina, but also kind of similar. Like, um, I think they both come from, you know, I think one thing that I like about D&D is that it helps you to explore different um, family dynamics. So um, with Hewen, I'm like, all right, I want her to, like, Hewen has a very strong relationship with her family. And... I also wanted to create a backstory that wasn't, you know, so negative or so like, um, that wasn't like super draining. Like, yeah, of course there's dark moments in her life as there is with anyone, but I also wanted there to be like, okay, but a lot of her life has very positive moments and her life is very family focused. Um, so switching from this new character, um, from Jofina, it made me think about like, all right, how is Hewen going to, you know, like start, her, like, how is she going to like start combat? Like, what is like, what kind of stances is she going to take? What is the first thing she does? Like when you ask me, let's play D&D, but I'm thinking from the mindset of Hewen, Hewen isn't like just who's like, all right, I'm going to whip out my, you know, monk skills to take you down. He when it's like, well, I kind of take a step back. I'm going to analyze. I didn't even say what she was. So <laughs> he went as a bard. Um, and yeah, I am taking the approach where she's not really a musician, but she uh, gets a lot of her um, inspiration through sound and um like i wanted to also bring in the aspect of her being um like blind or a person see um so like i wanted her to be able to use the to to guide her to like um you know move her into um her initiatives so yeah that's a a kind of an alternative way that I'm playing between the two of them. 
It's interesting you mentioning about uh, human like initiative because it's like in this and this and this uh, case in point, especially like talking about D and D's. Like, wait, are you talking about initiative roles? <laughs> uh, but um, uh, the the thing uh, that I actually was thinking about is like, well, then now it's like technically if you are just working with sounds, it's like now you like it's not like it's you're a bard producer on some level you know there's like a you you're taking like a music producer side of the bard which i think is really interesting um but um out of like from your experience playing so far what would you say the easiest part of the game for you and which one is the hardest so i'm not at all a seasoned player whatsoever as you know but i think the hardest thing or the most intimidating thing about DD for me is that i am so caught up on the lingo like the lingo is what intimidates me the most and i have somewhat of an idea like from playing hearthstone and being in the wow world like you know um even with like i used to play a druid a druid um like ritually when playing hearthstone so like <laughs> a lot of the spells i'm like oh i am familiar like with this spell with that spell i'm familiar with what this does you know um mm -hmm. but it's it's so intimidating when you're in a world and this is like it's a full-on world where there are so many different pockets that you can play into. So many, so much terminology that you would never think you would need to know. And it's, it's extremely intimidating. And like, I can see why some people may feel intimidated to play D&D just because, you know, it's, it's scary. And I think that's where I struggled for a long time. It's, it's, where I struggle the most currently and trying to just like feel confident in my gameplay, but also it's scary when you don't know all the specific jargon. So um, particular to the game. I see. So that's the hardest part for you, like the, the lingo of it and like all those like initiative checks and the stealths and all that stuff. Um, but which one do you, th what part of it do you think the easiest? The easiest part would have to be, um, well, I think with Jofina, the easiest part is uh, when she's in combat because she's a monk. Like, and I know what she's going to do. She's going to fight. She's going to be like in the front line. So I know like it's easier for me to kind of play on that and like I know what my actions are I know what I need to do but um yeah yeah I would say that has to be the easiest part <laughs> uh look with the Hewin you're definitely gonna feel that switch when you're when you're a bard you're kind of like a support-ish uh type of the player so I yeah. I, I do wanna it's for me personally, it would be really interesting to see how the switch up for you gonna happen, uh, especially like with understanding how how different you know like uh, like martial classes like fighters, monks, and all those guys, and like 
I remember for we uh, me and you ever tried to play in D&D which was incredibly surprisingly for me surprising for me you know like usually people who from my my understanding my experience and like that you know being online and hearing what other people say it's like oh you know people would go for wizard or people would go because it's like you know i want to cast magic it's like or people would go for a fighter because it's easy and usually people are more more experienced would lead people more to being like oh use a fighter or use like even like a monk you know like monk ha can have complicated things in them uh but they're easier to learn rather than like 50 spells for the wizards but first time we ever tried to play you made an artificer what what like what first time you read through the older classes what really for on an artificer yeah um to be honest i still don't really know what an artificer is like, <laughs> <laughs> um i you know i think i know just from us playing with like drew and cam but it's like i don't know i think because when you're starting off playing dd you're just going based off of the descriptions of you know each like each class, each race, you're going based off of the description. So you don't know anything and you're just kind of blind. And it's like, <laughs> I, I just read the description of an artificer. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can do that. That's, <laughs> I don't know why I thought I could do that. Cause when I just seeing the way Cam plays and Cam is our, um, is the artificer in our party uh he is like you know he seems so eloquent in the way that he describes all of drew's actions mm -hmm. and um there's definitely a lot of uh technicalities that go into being an artificer but like i think most importantly is the idea of having fun um but yeah i i don't know why i did that that was <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like the the whole package you came up on your first time was like like you are uh, continue like you actually i would say you continue in your legacy with the, your new human character and you are you did pick kalashtari right which I, yeah. I i personally think the whatever you did with your backstory is awesome and the way that you use their background for the for the story is really cool uh but like for the first game ever where we tried to play not only it's artificer out of all the all the uh, player race choices you chose koshtari which is like sometimes even like it's hard to pronounce sometimes and it's like like it's sh i think it shows how definitely shows that you you are not a, like a lord of the rings fan because like anyone who comes in they want to be aragorn they want to be a ranger or they want to be legolas you know like with a bow or like they want to be like a dwarf warrior like gimli or something like this and it's just like first time you we sat down and you were like i'm artificer kalashdar you know what i by by that point 
I don't think I even fully knew what Kalashtar were. I was even like, wait, what are you again? And then I needed to go and read up on it, which was like mind blowing for me, which is like, that's, I think also another part of the, uh, this little hobby of ours of like, people always going to surprise you and people always going to bring something to the table that you did not expect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm sure like being a, D, a DM, it's, it's difficult for you to kind of like keep track of all those things. And like, have you struggled with that? Like besides me being an artificer, I mean, honestly, as a DM, you know, you don't really struggle with your player's choices, I would say. It's like, well, your character is your character. And you know, like, I, I like, my hope as a DM is that you, like, I already, con I'm, I'm already in charge of the, the whole other part of the game, you know, like, I need to come up with the NPCs, the storyline, and, like, the, the, the fights for y'all, and all that stuff. And I, I, I feel like, you can be whatever, whoever you want. You know, like, even, like, um, like, for, um, you, you want to bring up, bring into my table a homebrew race, a homebrew class? Look, I said that I will sit down and go through it with you just because I want to, I want people to have fun. And look, you, but also I will not be really strict if, for example, someone's going to pick, like, I don't know, like, I, with the new rules is not as hard as it used to be, like, a couple years ago because all the races had their specific, um, um, specific uh, attribute increases, you know, like specific race would have only plus two charisma and plus one to dexterity, you know, kind of thing. And now it's also fluid where it's whatever you want at, at this point. So it's like, look, you want to play a goblin wizard or you want to play a hobgoblin druid? You want to play a... Like, uh, honestly, one of my favorite concepts that I, I get to play, to be honest, but like I want to play a Warforged Druid, you know? Wow, and that would be really interesting. Because it's like, it's a machine. It's like, do I want it to be made out of trees? It's still metal. Like, how did it happen? You know, because it's like, it's a nature and machine together kind of thing. So it's like, I I want to see people experiment. Like, uh, I like I love our, our, all our lineup for the our Old Haven campaign because we have you as a monk, we have uh, Jofina as a monk, we have Cam, who's Drew, who is Artificer Fighter mix. Uh, the man wanted some extra attacks and some extra hit points, so he got the dip into the fighter. Um, we have uh, Rowan, who is um, Audrey, who is a uh, cook. Uh, we have Austin, who is uh, our Peptidin Epton Fry, who is uh, uh, our Goblin Cleric Barbarian. And the this is the mix I actually personally, like, you know, I'm also, you know, I have not been out before, like, years, years, years. Like, honestly, personally, I don't even really remember when I started. It probably was around, like, 2018, 2019 I got really into, like, like, I started watching, like, Critical Role and all that stuff, but it's like... I don't remember hearing like barbarian slash cleric, but Austin picked that because yeah. because at that time it was only three of you, 
in our yeah. party, and then he wanted to wanted some extra healing, so he took a cleric. Right. You know, and then we have now we have Mush, who is Grung. Kyle plays him mainly. You know, he's a rogue. It's like, and then not only like you don't need poison. Your frog that has poison on its skin. You know, so it's like that's another layer on the rogue. Like you're yeah. the he picked Mush for that, and goddamn, we have a dragonborn. Uh, Pat playing the dragonborn druid, which is dragonborn who's a wildfire druid. What a great mix! Yeah, yeah. You know, which is uh, interesting that Pat is still going with. Uh, well, this is kind of off topic, but Pat's still going with that fire element, even in our newer campaign that's coming up. <laughs> That's actually before you mentioned this right now. This never came across my mind. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah, Blade Singer, and he's a fire genasi. Um, yeah, but I, in, it's interesting that it's like, I believe he's a copper dragon. And excuse me, people who listen to me right now, out of off top of my, head, I do not remember what copper dragon uh, breath attack is. Let me just actually look it up really quick. Um, while we talk about it, but it's like it's interesting that he kind of flipped it, um, uh, because uh, one second, breath attack. Uh, of course, of course, I will never acid. Oh, interesting. So you see how it's like it's interesting for me that he's he went like, oh, well, I'm gonna be a wildfire druid, but dragon boar with acid breath breath. But now I flip it where my characters is fire based by but my um but my like my blade singer wizard look the man has fireball of course but the fireball every wizard needs to have a fireball who what kind of wizard you are without the fireball um yeah uh but it's interesting yeah before you before you mentioned that that's that's an interesting notice that's like men loves fire. Mm. Yeah, it's. I think all of our <laughs> all of our campaign members bring a bit of themselves or a bit of like they all have like um, these that I think that they're gonna bring from one campaign to another, which is why we play so well together. Um, ready? <laughs> I read it. Yay, read it. Yes, honestly, I actually it's a great topic of conversation because uh, some groups I get into, uh, like playing online. Like I'm, I'm a big online, fan. you know. Uh, and you, you, you did not have you. You don't really have any experience playing in person. All your experience is playing online. Um, I just want to like ask you, how do you think, like just theorizing, do you think playing in person would help you play better, play worth, you know, what do you like in, in your head? How do you think the, how the way we play right now differs from playing in person? Yeah, so I honestly don't have um, any experience with playing any games with anyone on, like in person. Um, so 
I I would imagine there wouldn't be because sometimes there is this like silence and I don't want to call it awkward silence but it's a silence where you're just kind of waiting for someone to say something because you don't want to step on their toes um so usually if you're in person you can tell if someone's ready to talk or if they want to say something but when you're playing on you don't really know so you're just kind of sometimes there's like a beat before someone's like yeah, so I'm going to go over and do this thing. But <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. And I can imagine there being a difference. Um, as you've mentioned before, like, you know, there when you're playing in person, people also have like side conversations between their characters. And that's something I can't do right now or have I nor have I experienced it. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it would be very different from what I'm used to. Do you think you would like playing in person? I don't know. Um, mm. I'm trying to compare it to something else I've done in person that involves... Uh, but I think so. I mean, I, I have a bit of... Um, I have a bit of an improv background. So I can imagine it being similar to that in some ways. Um, from what I've seen in Critical Role, I think um, playing in person definitely helps with the intensity and the drama or keeping like, you know, a certain kind of mood within the game. Um, and sometimes when you're playing online, it can detach that sensitivity that you would have if you're in a room with people. Let me see. You mentioned two interesting things that I want to deep dive a little bit more into. One thing, your uh, improv background, and how do you think that helps you? I mean, I, I will obviously understand on a on a most more basic uh, outlook on it how it influences your you playing your characters, but like on like, do you think it helps? Do you think it's like gives you a little bit like a step up helping you play your characters is like what maybe you know you having that improv background how easy was for you to like start role playing or like did it help at all did it not did it like not click to like did it click or not uh if like that's the uh, background that you can use for this yeah, so um, interestingly enough, um, when I was younger, I wanted to act and I wanted to like get into the drama world. So I auditioned to go to like, performing arts high school here in New York City um, that I got into. But um, I studied improv for years and I also did improv um and a few like play readings shortly after I graduated high school. So I think that has definitely taught me how to play off of like being character. Mind you, this is like almost 10 years ago now. So <laughs> it's like, I like to think of myself as like acting or using improv is so like, otherworldly to me 
just because I'm like, oh, like, how do I play off another character? But I do think that um, it me some kind of crutch during our gameplay. Like, I know, like, one thing that um, I've learned in improv is that, like, you know, you want to give the other other members a chance to talk. So it's like that sort of courtesy, not that anyone in our group is, is like that at all. We're all extremely courteous, maybe at times too courteous. <laughs> but um, yeah, just like, you know, being extremely courteous and um, allowing people to have their moments to speak. And um, also like the, the concept of yes and like always playing with another character. Um, at times I do... Um, I do buckle at certain um, at certain ideas or certain conversations just because that's that's just my character. Um, she's not going to play off of conversation too much. She doesn't enjoy conversation whatsoever. So <laughs> she, um, you know, will try to escape from that. I, I will say that at times, and I think you and I have had this conversation where I found my background to be helpful, but I also found it to be a bit of like um, a bit crippling just because like it's hard to take yourself from like the acting world because D&D it's it's improv, but it's also it's it's a complete it's a game in its own. So trying to to pull away the two, but um using the improv the best to my advantage um when when um interacting with the rest of the party it's like um it's like you have these uh these tools that you might might have been have not been using for a long time but you know that you can trust them but maybe they do not fit the job description well Precisely, yeah. I see. Um, it's interesting how you you've been talking about, you know, majority of our conversation here was like you've been really, like, talking about how the party works together well, and then sometimes like everyone's just so nice to each other. What do you think about, um, like inner party conflict in and out of the game? So, for example, like have disagreements in, during the game or having disagreements out of the game. Out of the game is, come, uh, I would say, it's a bit different conversation. But like, would would you be? How fun would it be for you, or not fun, to have a party like disagree and have the party like have infighting in it during the story, during the game? I've definitely come across uh, disagreements um, <laughs> with players while um, being um, while being present, and to be honest, it's it's interesting because I'm like I don't like are like are they disagreeing? Are they arguing? Should I step in as like you know as me as Jade? Uh, but um, it it's it's almost like you don't know where the line is mm. and or just from like the listener like the listener standpoint you don't know where the line is and um i mean it's never 
gone to a point where you're like, well, this is getting bad. Um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's, it's just to see that sort of dynamic happen between um, two players. I would say it could really be beneficial for a story. I remember talking to one of our other players about um, a member um, in our party and um, saying, you know, like, I'm having difficulties um, connecting with this other member and them just giving me the advice to say, well, why don't you go up to that member as your character and let them know, like, hey, I'm having trouble connecting with you and just mm -hmm. being like your character saying that to their character because also then it's not it doesn't hurt that person's feelings as much because <laughs> you're like well i'm talking to you as jofina i'm not jade even though jade kind of feels that way <laughs> but um yeah also to remember that it is like a game and um, nothing should be taken too personally and to um, detach those um, those feelings. Um, it could be helpful, but yeah. Arguments in a game can be very progressive. Okay, let's see. So it's a really helpful I'll tell you this now. Uh, I would say all people in the D&D community should definitely listen to this. Um, but the returning a little bit back to whatever you were saying, you know, like I'm, you know, you know me. I'm a big Greek role fan, obviously. But you did mention like, oh, like I, it's personally for me it was really, it's it's been really hard to, uh, you know, get you to like watch like full episodes of like Critical Role or like any of the Roll Twenty games and all that stuff. And I, like, I understand it's, you know, that long format of the game, especially, like, when you're not playing and you just watch other people play can be hard for someone. But from whatever you watched, you know, however little or a lot it was, what do you think some of the important lessons or maybe things not to do? Or, like, what lessons do you think you can grab from that and from those like, actual play like video or series yeah and you know like it, it is difficult for me to kind of sit and and, and watch anything <laughs> and like those hours of like, just i yeah that i play in the <laughs> background um <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's like it's hard for me. Like it's I'm not like I used to be where I could just watch something for long hours, but um it's I think something that I've noticed um more so like from the very few kind of snippets that I caught here and there is how uh Matt Mercer just kind of he kind of um, the dynamic of where the story is going or how the story is progressing, the complexity of the story. And, you know, that's extremely admirable, like to see someone play and to see all of them play. And you know how I feel about Sam. I just think Sam is 
character and it's just so funny <laughs> and um like to see all of them and also marisha um i it's 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 really like it's really incredible to see um just um these professionals just kind of deep dive into it and also that's one thing that i noticed that they do a lot of is they have a lot of fun too um i there's one um there's one person who i can't remember their name um but uh they're in calamity and um they have dreads and oh you're talking about uh you're talking about lou wilson yeah 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 so um it's it's just it's really incredible to watch yeah i mean yeah i i what like whatever you just said is like remembering there with your friends and like to enjoy the game it's probably one of the best devices you can get to anyone playing D. &D. Mm-hmm. But yeah. one thing I noticed, uh, for, for you, just talking to you and, like, on this, our conversation here as well, is, um, you do DMs and what they do, and as a storyteller yourself, you understand how much work and stuff you put in things like this. Yeah. You've been talking for a bit now. You wanted to gather uh, like all women group, and then yeah. when that conversation came up with us, you were like, "Hey, Vlad, do you, like, would you want to DM that?" And then I, knowing how well you can put the story together, was like, "Why won't you DM?" So my question, like one of the main questions I want to ask you today, is. Why won't you? And why do you think gaming is hard? Like, I, I, we already heard you saying about, like, that the lingo and like, the, the overall system of, like, a D&D &D, a little bit confusing, uh, which can be intimidating, you know? 80% of this game, like, or what, however percentage-wise is rules about combat and rules about spells and the spells that are can be really confusing like the sleep spell which is like let's not even get into and all that other stuff with like action reactions and all these things it's like yeah but besides the beside actually no not besides that just tell me why do you think gaming is hard yeah why, why do you think that i think like um, I think one thing that, so I will tell you why I think I, what I would be able to do as a DM. <laughs> and I think that I would be able to, like, do the voices and the characterization parts and the NPCs and controlling them. That is the part that I think I could do. The part that is difficult to me is almost everything else. <laughs> like telling like the roles and like you know like starting combat like building the story I really don't like even as someone who writes fiction I don't know how you're able to just manipulate a story in a way that 
highlights every character in the campaign, but also like builds off of their backstories. And not only that, but you have to make it make sense. <laughs> that is hard to do, even as like someone who is like, you know, and I'm sure any writer would say the same thing because the hardest thing about writing is making your story make sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I just like, I literally take my hat off to you and like other DMs, like who really put their all into their, their games and who were able to, you know, also like one thing that I've noticed is, um, picking up the slack where players fall short. So like what I'm saying when I say this is there have been times when you're like, explain to me how Jofina, you know, just killed this character. And so me, same... you know, I just like, sorry. <laughs> so I want to say the famous, how do you want to do this? Which now none of us yeah. can use thank you, Matt Mercer, because... <laughs> that every every player is gonna think that they play in a critical role campaign. Yes, um, I have no experience with that, but um, <laughs> uh, when you say how do you want to do this, and then I'm like, you know, I just worked all day and it's Friday night, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, she just punched him <laughs> in the face, and you're like, she punched him. She she grabbed him by the neck and she like and it's like this elaborate description of just someone punching someone in the face. Like and then you could see the snot like spewing from his nostrils and it's like it's right. like I just I don't know where you got all of that from, but kudos to you for making like my simple punch like interesting you know like and the fact that you can do that is just in extremely incredible to me well this all connects probably well first of all thank you this is a great compliment for me uh like I i'm doing my best here i'm just doing a job ma'am um but uh i think the the quote-unquote job even though like you know it's a hobby or whatever but the job of dm is um, that's all connects to like the weaving the the their your guys backstory to the like I mean like you know because like like when I set up the world is like okay like who's in my head would be a bad guy like can I can I grab a bad guy from any of y'all backstories like this can I use your because it's like it's not interesting like if like you know in our world <laughs> the biggest goddamn villain of mine is capitalism obviously but like. You know, it's it's such an abstract thing. It's like, and it's like if if some random guy like it's not gonna be interesting for you. But if like for example like oh like my my care my player made a knight who, whose wife was kidnapped by the the dra specific dragon. You know like I'm not gonna be like well now the campaign is about a, a horde of goblins who are attacking the city. No, it it doesn't make sense. Like I'm gonna make the, the the dragon a bad guy because that now you're invested. So literally, I wanna take your ideas and take what you wanna do and lift it up 
for you to feel good about yourself. So that's my job as a DM to like, that's where I strive. That's where I get my own bread of the game. Like me yeah. making you feel cool makes me feel good because then I know that you're going to come back next week and you're going to feel great about yourself. You know, like, especially like you said, it's like, oh, I like it's we usually play Friday nights. And it's like you still have work next day and then you're like it's it's like for me it's the last day of work and it's a great release of creative freedom and everything else of like take it take it all 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 for me i i, I want to share this with the world you know and um just my job is just to make you feel cool well i do <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I am like just to talk a little bit about our uh, our both campaigns because uh, uh, if anyone interested, uh, we have a high-ish fantasy campaign that kind of like um, it's all Haven adventures. The set is in the world, the uh, the Homer world of mine, all Haven. Um, there is um, it's a high-ish fantasy with some technology developing like it's mix of like Aberon and mix of like the regular like Faerun and all that stuff um but I thought that you know you talking about how like DMs uh put all that information here the reason I made the Homebrew world is because I don't want to learn any anyone else things that it's, it's like it's then it's remembering Rather than like, uh, rather than like, creating, and I love the creation part of it. So it's like this world is high fantasy with some developing technology for now, with forged and like, uh, the world being around for quite some time, and um, and for the new one that we're doing, the Chronicles of Valesh, I wanted to like. I was incredibly inspired by the Calamity uh, because all of them looked so powerful and like like you can do so much more and it takes so long. Like right now, we how long we've been playing in the first campaign and you guys only, what, sixth, fifth level for now. And it's been a while now. So it's like I wanted to give you all in. And I, I was like, okay, I... I I want you guys to be 11 level. I want you guys to have power in the city. I want you to have, like, I give very rare and rare magical item. So it's like those things are like the next thing you can do have is like a literary one, and those things can you can poke the ground and the globe explode at that point, you know. And then I wanted to give everyone the chance to like be powerful because. That's what fantasy is about. You want to come in and you'll be like, I have the power over 9,000? Like that yeah. kind of feeling. Like we all want to feel that. And it sometimes takes forever to get to those levels. And, um, but that, that world, I want to make it incredibly like, like, what did I say? It's high, 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 high fantasy. Because it's <laughs> like, it's like, I want to have like, like the, 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 Sorry, but yes, Gladi was incredible inspiration for this. Like, I want to have major and minor images all over the city that look like neon signs. I want to 
I want my players to like make up their own magic items because it's like they're so powerful. I want certain spells to be easy to use because it's just such a mundane thing, you know? Because it's like, why are we like? I said there's different ways to play the game, but it's like. I personally not a big fan of all those like there's such things as like like bumble table and there's the, the t like when like you roll natural one and then means that you can cut off your own arm your own limb you know like it's so realistic you know like oh like now if you punctured uh, uh, if you got hit now you don't just heal after a day of sleep you know like you need to like put something on your wound and heal whatever whatever how many days you know it's like it's like i already might have my real life <laughs> you know like that's what mm -hmm. i get when i have a real life and it's like i feel like being free in the world of fantasy and living up your dreams of like being like incredibly powerful and incredibly like in like influential in the in a world of dnd like I think that's yeah. what a lot of places are missing currently. You know, like yeah. even I believe even overall, honestly, I'm I have not watched beginning to end the first Critical Role campaign, but I watched religiously. I watched the campaign too. That was my campaign. Like technically, I started with campaign two, and I'm watching campaign three now. I believe they got to level twenty. Yeah. And that's the juice. That's where, like, like that's when <laughs> that's when the monks stop. Like, I, uh, th that's when the druid and monks stop aging and stuff like this. That's when the monk can punch the dragon in the face and kill it and stuff like this. You know, like that's when like a paladin can smite the sun kind of level. So it's like, like. Which have why can we can never go over 20 level level 20 i know i think i i believe there are other previous editions do allow you to go like higher and higher and higher but what i don't understand is like why do we stop at level 20 like yes yeah. because it's like harder to come up with stuff after that because then now it's more attacks it's monsters and at, at that point is already becomes just hit point like just kill bigger hit point thing but it's right. like, I want that fantasy. I want that feeling of like hitting the sun and killing it. That, that's, I think, personally, that's why one of my favorite enemies in, is um, Gurren Lagan. Because yeah. I, I <laughs> like, at, at some level, at some point, and by the end of it, it's like it's a galaxy size uh, Gundams that fight galaxy size threats. <laughs> You know, so it's like, go, like, th that's, like, what D&D can do with that stuff, I think, is what movies cannot do when, where it's like, oh, we're raising every, every movie, we're raising a stake, and a raising a stake, and a raising a stake, and then I personally, yeah. like, that's a great example of, like, <laughs> look, they're just raising a stakes episode after episode, you know, they started in a ditch, and they ended with a Gal like a galaxy ending like battles yeah yeah it's like it's just kind of like mind bending to 
to like the extents that you can go to with D&D and it's always really surprising to me like even like hearing these things it's kind of like wow like this is something that I could potentially do with my character and also like it's exciting to know that these are things that you'll never like <laughs> like like you'll never be able to do in in real life so it's like why why not push it as far as it can go you know mm. true that's true um actually bringing it to the <laughs> to the a little bit uh less positive side things of D&D um, there was some things in your backstory for the new character that actually got me thinking about this question. Um, what I want to ask you is, you know, our group has been really positive and understanding with each other, but I do want to start, like, not start implementing, but just give an option uh, for people to be, to, in some sort of way um, show if they're like uncomfortable with certain things that happening during the game or stuff like this but yeah. my question to you what do you absolutely not want in your game of D&D what is a for you yeah so I think that something that I would try to avoid is um, I mean, anything that is, of course, um, extremely violent, um, and anything that is demeaning to, um, female or female presenting characters, um, you know, um, or even something that is demeaning to male or male presenting characters um or you know mush <laughs> so <laughs> do not touch mush don't you touch mush so i think like there has to be um like even though if it's not spoken there has to be some kind of um understanding or mutual agreement where people can can um agree to not um to not let the story get too out of hand and just to be just morally um morally correct would be the wording i guess um yeah i see so that, that's pretty clear line you know and um you know the hopefully a lot of i think the even though I know I'm, I keep telling you about those like D&D horror stories and all that stuff, uh, like that happens to people. But I think, again, like those are the exception that prove the rule that it's like majority of people are like, even however our experience with the group have been, we ended up with a group that is actually, I think, really respectful of each other. And, you know, yeah. they understand the boundaries and they are here to support and they're here to have a great time and, you know, don't poop in anyone's, under anyone's door. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, look, I, I'm sorry. That, that's where I went, but that's what I that's what I said. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, bring it back to a little bit positive. Because uh, you know, those stuff we always need to, but because we all need to know our boundaries. But uh, what I wanted to ask you is, um. Tell me about your favorite and like least favorite character or like campaign moments that you went through. You know, because it's like you you went through um, that uh, prison one shot with a uh, with Camus DM. You went with me, me and you were playing in uh, Darren's one shot uh, with that carnival, uh, and then now we have the All Haven adventures. So like out of all all that stuff, like I have my personally favorite moment of yours, obviously, mm -hmm. um, uh, and I can I, I cannot stop telling you about it. But what is your favorite like moments of your character, other characters, or just campaign in generals, one shots? Yeah. So um, my favorite moment um, would have to be, I guess. There was a moment where we were kind of moving from town to town and our characters had some downtime. And uh, I think my favorite moment was when our characters just got to like be themselves for a second. Um, and the reason I love those moments so much is because you really get to just see other people be other people. And it's like where the improv really shines, where, you know, and I guess that's just me like coming from that world a little bit and, and um, you know, getting to discover like another person through their character. And um, yeah, so for a bit of backstory, there was a time where our characters, um, they went to a lake and they got to like swim and just play and have fun and um we were all like all right so what are we all wearing and um we all like just took photos off of google search like showing the rest of the group in discord like i'm wearing this i'm wearing this and then <laughs> um Evan, who is our goblin barbarian um in our party he puts <laughs> this like <laughs> obscene like thong bathing suit and it was just so funny like I think I, I don't think I that hard since then but it was just so funny and it, it's just kind of like you know it's like silly because you can do things like that in the game um and you did say the one of the the worst moments of the campaign. Um, I'm not sure. I and to be completely honest, um, you and I have had a conversation recently where I asked you, like, how long should story arcs take? Like, you know, and I think this something that as a new player, I'm always like, well, you know, like, is, like, is this supposed to happen during a story arc? Or are we supposed to be doing this? Like, how are conversations supposed to go? And I think it's something that a lot of new players, especially if you're completely new to the world of D&D, &D, um, it's like, 
you don't know how things are supposed to progress. So you're just like, um, what's happening here? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is this is the way the game is played, you know. So I think at times I've had trouble with understanding our motives, and because when you're acting, um, something that um, my theater teacher used to tell me a lot is um, everything has to have an intention behind it. And in D&D, like, that sort of mindset is not, doesn't, like, play a huge part. Because in real life, just as in D&D, they do doesn't have, a, have like, a strong intention. Sometimes we're just, like, doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes my character is stealing bones off of a table because that's what she likes to do. Like, that's her, you know? Like, we have a character who takes baths. He needs to take baths. And that's what he needs to do. And it doesn't serve the story necessarily or, like, in, in like, a bigger picture. But it's what that character... It's, like, that character's thing. So it's it's getting used to, like, these small details or these small like peculiarities that um, D&D has that makes it really interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is an interesting conversation because, you know, you can perfectly transfer uh, like a real lifetime to um, a D&D game or stuff stuff like this, you know, because it's like... uh, in ideal world, yes, we play on Friday night, and it's one day. It's a circular, and then next week we're returning. And it's the next day, you know, kind of thing. And then sometimes uh, one day can take multiple weeks, which is like I end like I see how it can be like um, weird with this time warp of like oh. How long it's been? It's like, oh, it's the same. Like, what, 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 what time it is? It's like, oh, it's still two p.m. of the same day that has been three weeks ago. It's like, okay, uh, because I I see how like it can be a little interesting because overall, as the person, as yourself, you technically are living through the story for for multiple multiple weeks. Yeah. Right, and it's like technically speaking, the longest you're in game is when you're traveling from point A to point B. On especially, I, I think it's especially um, shows at the earlier ge- levels of the game because it's like you don't have stuff like teleportation, teleportation like the teleportation via, via trees, or you don't have like those friends mages who have those teleportation circles that can transfer from place to place and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I see how like how it can be a little bit weird that like yeah. that's uh, interesting because um on Twitter like today a couple days ago or something uh one of the person I follow they brought up the p- topic of like hey do you use do you like putting the timer on the table for players or do you like to use skill challenges and that mm-hmm. was that was a weird question to me because it's like, well, first of all, those two things serve two different functions. 
And second of all, it's like you it's it's like you're if you're not in person playing and you're playing online, like so many so much communication can get lost. Uh, just because it's like, okay, you need to make sure that like you're not talking over someone and all that like internet etiquette of like um, give everyone time to like. So it's like if you're gonna put people on like under five minute timer online, nothing's gonna happen. Like it's like it's rather gonna rush to the certain decision. It's like it is, it will put them on like a timestamp, but it's like you can't really transfer in game time into real life. Because sometimes, yeah. like, sometimes you're like, oh, let's discuss this plan out of character. So it's like, well, technically speaking, then the world, the world, the world is paused. And you talk as the player, rather than you talking as a character. And it's like, and then it can switch where it's like, oh, we're traveling from point A to point B. And we're sitting in one session, but we are dealing with multiple days and weeks of travel. So it's like, you see, I, I believe it's it can't be like a two sides of the same coin where it's yes. like like yes there can be one day like currently right now like uh this is interesting for me because it's like in a in a arc that we're in game wise we have been there how long two days but yeah. it's been multiple weeks of us it's like and also we needed to skip a session and then some people would not show up uh for the session so it's like we would need to like go slower with like this you know because it's like at some points like however like the it, it's like it's this is technically cam's arc right so like when cam's is not there it's really hard to play because it's like well it's kind of his arc and it's like that's also brings like to the cooperation of other players and like there is no leader but the lead technically you can say that the leader is the person whose arc it is right because it's like it's kind of like it's their story it's their backstory it's the problems they need to deal with but it's like well if they're not there and i personally as a dm i i i feel always weird of playing other people's characters because I'm like, well, if I if I just gonna run them in combat, like I remember um, the uh, one of our players, she doesn't play with us anymore, but like uh, she was playing a cleric, and then she was absent. So what I did that she was like, she was in 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 her meditation, her like praying position, and she was just floating nearby you, and she was just assist in the battle. And then as soon yeah. as she, she needed to wake up, she clicked in it. But it's like. If it's someone's story and they're not there, like, I don't want to, like, I as a DM, I feel comfortable controlling the player in a battle and to make sure that not they're not going to die and not gonna be an a- I'm not going to be an ass of uh, just, you know, killing their character while they're not there. First of all, if you're a DM and the player's not there and you kill their character, what are you doing? You know, like, what's fun about it? Uh, and... Like, you were here to have with your friends or people you know or people who in the same hobby as you, you know? It's like, don't be an ass. And it's like, yeah. uh, and, and then when it's someone, especially when it's someone's arc, it's like, I don't, I don't know. 
like you know it's like it's hard especially even especially i would say it's hard for other players because they're like well what are we doing there's no one to actually take a charge in this story that's happening right now and me me because i'm like well i don't know you know like i gave you all the cards and now the person who was dealing to, like who had a and two aces in, in this winning hand he's not here yeah. you know so it's like it, it is interesting outlook on 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 a thing and then th actually before you brought it up it's just like with with pat's character I, before you were start bringing it up of like is it are we taking too long I don't think so, just yeah. in general, because it's like, well, are we having fun? Are we exploring our characters? You know, are we on some, in some way, shape or form, like pushing the story forward? Yeah. You know, are we doing those big steps where we stepping over, like, like making big moves? Not every session, obviously, because it's like, if... Uh, if every session would something like mind blowing would happen, it's like then it would not be that mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. But I totally see your understanding, and it's like it is something that you, uh, I think, with the, with the time of you playing D and D, it's like it's kind of something you get just get used to. It. It's like, oh, okay, that's been a week. Sure. Oh, it's been an hour. Sure. Whatever. You know, like I'm I'm here to swing my sword and say some funny stuff with my with my friends mm -hmm. yeah definitely um but since we're talking about like you right now we're talking about those situation during like uh, these give the world epic long campaigns right um but you have an experience of what that's and you have experience of campaign like this Mm -hmm. But what is your preferred campaign style? Because besides one shots, that can there's also can be like unaffiliated adventures, which is we kind of touched upon on when uh, I I ask you y'all to catch to see characters in this campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, when you played an incredible file of Fletcher. Um, mm -hmm. And also there is like short focus campaign, which is like, it's like a limited TV series. This is what Calamity was, mm -hmm. uh, where it's like, it's a limited amount of episodes or like not episodes of like games, right? And then there's a long campaign where it's like, you can play for years or years until me or you or everyone. So what do you think for you as a player is like, what attracts you more mm -hmm. um like um uh, as far as like uh, my style of gameplay or um uh i would say like just like the the part of the game you having the most fun to be in like you only were in two of these well, like currently in a long-term campaign and then a couple mm -hmm. of one-shot, right? But there's also, like, the options of just a, like, kind of something, some adventures that is just, like, you know, like, you would play every week, we would play a different thing. 
kind of. But it's in the same world, but it's um, like it's kind of like a James Bond movies. You know, it's the same world, but it's a you switch it up. You switch up different characters and you play in the same world. Uh, or like there's also addition of like five, six sessions. You play one story and you're done. So it's like out of two, one, the two that you played, which one do you prefer more? And would you be interested in any the the other two? Um, I think that, um, like, and I may be answering your question incorrectly, but, um, I think that I am the most kind of interested in, like, the long-term variation of the game, just because, um... I like the idea of building a character and also building relationships with the other characters. Um, I do enjoy kind of like the short-lived um, experiences as well. But as far as like building a relationship and really building up a story, I think it really helps to have like these characters. Um, and we've been playing our campaign. It's going to be a year like in a few months. And, like, in the grand scheme of things, like what you just talked about, like, the characters haven't really spent that much time together when you think about it. But uh, us as players have spent, that's a year of spending time, mm. like, playing with someone weekly. So we got to know each other. And um, there's so much build up to, like, all right, like, you know, what is, what is uh, Epton's story? You know, what is... What is he, his life like, you know? And when each character gets their arc and they get that moment to shine, it is so exciting because it's like, it's like you're almost waiting for that 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 piece of meat, you know, mm. where you're like, yes, I, I finally know why you are the way that you are. So um, I would definitely have to go for the long term. I see. Well, also, there's no wrong answers here because, uh, you know, uh, all the answers are valid, especially when we're talking about something that uh, deals with creativity. But I don't really see what you're talking about. It's like, yes, it's fun to have one-offs, but it's like just building the rapport and building like a relationship with other characters and just, you know, again, having fun with your friends. It's like, that's mm -hmm. the juice. The, the juice that you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, that's, that's, that, that's great. Uh, you know, that's great, great to hear because yes, you know, honestly, you just, you just mentioning that it's like, first of all, Gary, there's been a year, Jesus, uh, you know, um, it's going to be October, right? September, October, we started, I believe. Yeah. Damn. Um but uh yeah, honestly if I'm gonna I probably if I'm gonna pull up the calendar of the game itself, it's probably have been <laughs> like a week and a half. <laughs> That's crazy. Um Yeah, wow, wow. Um I just need to slap my myself a little bit right now. Um because it's just mind blowing. But um you one of the last things I do want to say 
back you because it's been we've been going for a while, you know. And um, I don't want to take this for 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 terribly long. But one of the questions I do want to ask you is: um, Do you think what kind of player do you think you are? Because there's different type of players in the in this in this hobby, and it's like. Uh, from the names or like the uh, words that I pulled up, it's like there is like actors, there is explorers, investigators, there is power gamers, there is slayers, there is storytellers, thinkers, and watchers. Like as a new player, you obviously not a power gamer because like you, I don't think like it's gonna take you some time to like get used to all the mechanics and get used to all the nitty-gritty of it to like actually like power game and get all those paladin warlock and like sorlock warlock whatever is which will give you like incredible like one hit kills and all that stuff you know but like out of like how do you as a player like what what do you what's would be a word that would describe you as a player? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I would have to say um, to describe me, I would say like a fangirl because <laughs> I am like by nature I am a fangirl, but also <laughs> like when it comes to the game of. D- I'm a human of people. I always just consider myself as a fiction writer who loves people. And, you know, I, I admire the, the people that we play with, that we spend time with. And I admire you um, and everything you've done to create this world. So I'm definitely a huge fangirl. Um, and I think that's that's where I am in... in in our player, our uh, our player dynamic. So, yeah. <laughs> so for now, you consider yourself like a watcher fangirl. I see. So you like seeing how everything develops, and you like how people uh, play around in this little. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, quick, quick. Uh, Quick kind of questions. Uh, I would uh, want the lastly. I would ask you. You have your uh, wood elf monk, a way of a long death. You mm-hmm. have your uh, what's the top class for uh, Hewin? Uh, she's a lord bard. She's um, the, she's from the College of Eloquence. She's an eloquence bard. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, you you obviously been reading to other stuff and then you you were seeing how other people play and you saw other people characters and all that stuff what do, what what's like you know what's next like you know like obviously we didn't start the new campaign yet but what's you know what's what's interest you out of other classes what what would you be interested to try else yeah so i think like um following the next uh i definitely want to play something that's really spell heavy so maybe like a wizard um or a mage 
um, yeah, something within those realms. Um, yeah, just because I also would love to play a druid, um, but I think it would probably be a wizard or a mage. I see. Okay, that's awesome. Well, uh, we'll see where we can use that wizard build uh, uh, in what campaign. Um, but um, thank you for being with me today. This was an incredible conversation. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. Look, I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't have a podcast and live with you and not have you on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so it was incredible to have you here. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you about anything. Um, what uh, do you want to tell it on our little outro? Do you want to tell people, maybe people can find you anywhere? Uh, wanna You want to push something into the world, you know? And um, um, what would be your last worlds where people can find you and all that stuff? I don't uh, want to advertise myself. (laughs) (laughs) And and on any platforms, and that's just me being me. But I will like to end off by saying just be kind, be considerate of other people, and just have fun and enjoy yourselves. Like, separate from, like, being so involved in, like, you know, technology and social media even though this will probably have to be shared in some form but take a break and escape into you know a world where you can just have fun don't don't overthink take things up seriously our example leave the one one portion of online world and move on to a different one uh, live your yes. Instagrams and move to Discord to play D&D. Um, yes. But, uh, um, uh, thank you for being here. It was great talking to you. And, um, uh, once again, this has been, uh, Let's Run D&D. Uh, we'll be returning back, uh, with more people to talk to you know um i have some uh, some of my friends lining up uh would be incredibly excited to talk to as much as i was excited to talk to you uh and uh, you can find me i'm all over twitter uh at uh your favorite uh it's uh your favorite favorite with the e uh and uh let's run dnd podcast and uh Thank you for listening. Uh, if you got made it this far, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.